This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Yelton, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep, deep, diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Hey, hey, welcome in, everybody. The Utopia Football Podcast. Appreciate you tuning in. Appreciate you downloading. It's myself, Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast in the mornings on Sports Radio 610, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Alongside the Hall of Famer, our senior Texans columnist at SportsRadio610.com and, of course, GallerySports.com as well, John McClain. And we are recording this just hours after the Texans lose in Chicago in excruciating fashion, 23-20 to to the Chicago Bears. We'll get into our four-stock up and four-stock down. In just a minute, but John, just out of the shoot, what's your um, what what was your uh, initial reaction? Big takeaway from the game today between the Texans and the Bears. That if the draft were today, the Texans would have the second pick, which means they could get C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. Only the Raiders are the other team that is winless, and of course, they're going to win some games. But that's the light at the end of the tunnel. Davis Mills has looked nothing like the quarterback who finished last season in impressive fashion. Don't know if it's him. Don't know if it's Pep Hamilton, if it's a combination. But he has not been sharp. He's not been consistent. And he's a reason they couldn't pull this game out. And so fans that are having a fit ought to just hope that they preserve the status quo. Because look at Jacksonville, which has had the number one pick the last two years. And all of a sudden, Trevor Lawrence looks like a franchise quarterback. Yeah, he does. We'll, we'll get into Jacksonville. Jacksonville just got done beating up the Chargers, who, by the way, those are the Texans' next two opponents playing each other. I don't know that there could be a worse outcome for the Texans from that game. The Chargers are going to come in angry, and the Jags might actually just happen to be a good football team now. John, Davis Mills' numbers in the fourth quarter, twelve uh, so far this season, 12 of 25 for 124 yards and a touchdown. That is a passer rating that's barely over 40 right now. Davis Mills' passer rating is precariously close to being at the number you would be if you just kept throwing incomplete passes all afternoon. You get a 39.8 rating for an incomplete pass. Davis Mills is throwing, I think, 46.1 is the passer rating that he has in the fourth quarter so far this year. He has been – it's not just that he's been abysmal. He strikes zero fear – into I would imagine into the heart of teams and defenses he's playing against. And I have zero confidence that he is going to convert third in any sort of situation that he's going to get anything to even when, when they got the ball back, I was, I wasn't expecting him to throw an interception to Roquan Smith, which of course set up the game winning field goal. Um, I was not expecting that, but I certainly wasn't. Um, I wasn't expecting him to drive the team down and get a field goal. I was kind of hoping for overtime at that point. 
you know, he uh, Angelo Blackson, who played here, he's defensive tackle. He tipped it and slowed the ball down a little bit. Smith stepped in front of Burkett. Even if Burkett had caught it, it had been a first down, but the clock was ticking. Lovey Smith had blown a timeout on a challenge that anybody watching that game saw that it was not going to be overturned. I don't know who in the press box would have told him to challenge that. So they didn't have all their timeouts, but I don't think it mattered. Pep Hamilton's fascination with Burkhead just blows me away. I don't care that Damian Pierce fumbled two times and both of them were recovered by the Texans. Without him, they have no running game. It's amazing that opponents don't just fall over laughing at the Texans running game when Burkhead's in there. And he, even though he catches the ball, he averaged 5.2 per catch. So maybe they need to throw it to him on first, second, and third down. Then they'd have a string of first downs because when Burkhead's in there, I just don't know what Pam, Pep Hamilton is thinking about it. And I know coaches freak out when guys fumble, but it was ridiculous. I can't imagine anybody thought in that last drive that Mills had a chance to put his stamp on the offense, take him down the field for a field goal or a touchdown, intercepted, short field goal, game over. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll dig into this stock up, stock down style, but I just want to give you a funny number, John, from the game because Clint Sterner and I were talking about, we just finished up the post game show moments ago. And Clint was talking about, like, hey, if you're going to throw the ball, why not have Damian Pierce? I'd rather throw the ball to Damian Pierce. He'll make somebody miss or he'll break a tackle or whatever. And I looked at the box score and it was, John, it was just the perfect box score metaphor for what Damian Pierce is and Rex Burkhead is. Damian Pierce in the passing game had two catches for 21 yards. Rex Burkhead had four catches for 21 yards. I just thought I found that to look funny. Like, yeah, yeah, the same amount of receiving yards. It takes Rex Burkhead twice as many catches to go get them because he gets ta- he gets hit and he goes down and that's it. End of subject. I would rather him see play one of their other backs instead of Burkhead. Yeah, you know nothing against Burkhead, but my goodness, he's no threat at all. Yeah, yeah. The Rex Burkhead is Rex Burkhead is not a Rex Burkhead problem. Rex Burkhead is a Texans problem. It's a front office problem. It's a coaching staff problem that Rex Burkhead is. I, I was going to say the best that you have. I I'm with you. Try Dario Gumbawale for a little bit for four or five carries and see if he's got any juice. Rex has zero juice that the fact that he's this, the solution to them right now at RB two, you know, behind Damian Pierce is a, is a, it's a big issue. I say big issue. They're 0-2-1. They're, they're closer to getting the first pick in the draft than they are wins even mattering. But let's get into this, John. Now, 23-20, the Bears win the game on a last-second field goal that was set up by a Davis Mills interception to uh, Roquan Smith. Jumped in front of Rex Burkhead, caught a tipped ball, and then that was it. That was curtains. The Bears just... eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love... You transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, 
Well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Spent the rest of the game setting up the game-winning field goal. A lot of twists and turns along the way. So, John, let's do this four stock up and four stock down style. Let's start with the good. We'll start with the stock up, and I always let you go first. The honors are yours. What is your first stock up? Well, it's the obvious one. It's going to be hard finding others unless we do all special teams, but that would be rookie safe, safety Jalen Petrie. I saw him do today what he did at Baylor the last two years. He intercepted two passes. He had a sack, and the last one gave the Texans a ball, I think, at their 39, mm-hmm. and they end up at their 48. Not many quarterbacks can complete a pass for minus six yards in that situation, which Mills did to Farrell Brown. That series was just embarrassing. And somehow Derek Stanley ended up getting credit for a sack that originally had been credited to Blake Cashman because uh, they forced Fields out of bounds. Stingley, that's I don't think I heard his name called, but Petrie, man, he made some big plays. Yeah, I don't blame Stingley for not hearing his name called. I mean, Stingley's more of a guy you're going to hear his name called if if they're throwing to the wide receivers. You know, if they're throw if they're throwing it on the boundary in the perimeters. You know, they they threw the ball 17 times. Like I don't. It didn't bother me. We didn't hear Stingley's name. Petrie, this game was kind of set up for Petrie. John Fields. Uh, his numbers throwing to the middle of the field, his turnover since he got into the league, uh, the vast majority of his interceptions have been exactly what we saw Petrie do today. That was brought up. I think Brooks Cabina brought that up with Seth and I on the pregame show today on Texans Countdown. And at that point said, I think he Brooks even predicted Petrie's going to get his first interception. He wound up with two because that's Fields' tendency is when he's in the pocket, he sails balls over the middle. And that's that's plays right into Jalen Petrie, who, as you know, from watching him at Baylor, was one of the most opportunistic college players that we saw in the sport over the last few years. That's an easy one. Peartree has a stock up for sure. I'm going to go as a stock up Jerry Hughes. Jerry Hughes had another good game getting after the quarterback, had a couple of sacks, a couple TFLs. Um, he has been far and away the Texans' best pass rusher this season so far. Um, and I thought they did a decent job of pressuring Justin Fields other than that 29-yard run that he had early in the game. That was the only way Justin Fields was going to beat you today is if you let him break out of the pocket and go get yards with his legs. He did it on the first drive of the game that led to a field goal for the Bears. Um, they did a pretty good job of bottling him up after that, and I thought Jerry Hughes uh, Jerry Hughes was a big part of that. So stock up on Jerry Hughes. That's been a good signing by Nick Casario so far this year. He's been a terrific signing. It's amazing at his age, 34, how quick he is, but he is. And um, – they, they rotate those three defensive ends, Hughes, Grenard, and Rasheem Green. And Hughes and Grenard, they'll play either side. And Hughes is very smart, too. He knows how to keep his eye on the ball. He's been a tremendous addition. All right. You got another stock up, John? I know they're hard to find on a game like this. I do. Damian Pierce, he got 20 carries, 15 last week, 11 the week before. I thought he should touch the ball at least 25 times a game. I thought he should have been in on the last drive because he's a threat. He also caught two passes. As you mentioned, average 10.5 yards a catch compared to Burke. Burkhead's 5.2. So I thought Pierce, he had used that spin move three times. He had losses a couple times, but thought that uh, he did a good job with his most extensive action of the season. Now he needs to get the ball more. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, he he had that nice twenty-five yard run. Uh, got in, got his into the end zone for the first time. He wound up touching the ball twenty-two times, twenty carries in the run game, and then the two catches that he had um, out of the uh, out of the backfield. Yeah, I. Um, that's two games now, John. When you think about it, that on third and one situations, late in games, first against Indian overtime, and then this one third and one that. I don't know what it would have led to. They were still on their own side of the 50-yard line. Who knows if Davis is able to string together another couple first downs? Probably not. But let's pretend that that possibility still exists. That's twice now on third and one in late-game situations that they've either handed the ball to or targeted Rex Burkhead on third and one. Uh, and it's ended in catastrophe both times. In, against Indy, the, the negative two-yard run that led to Lovey deciding to punt. And now today, obviously, the uh, the interception. It's, just, it's super disheartening, really disheartening. Maybe there's method to their madness that they have the quarterback they want in the draft. So how do you get him? You do things that are really stupid that backfire and make you a terrible team. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. So my last stock up, and you're right, they're not easy to find on a game like this. Um, but uh, let's give a little credit to Jordan Akins, John. Welcome him back to the fold. Jordan Akins, the – uh, Texans third round pick back in 2018, who left in free agency after this year, signed with the Giants. I'm guessing got cut by the Giants. I haven't followed that saga, but he was there for the Texans to sign on to the practice squad. Um, he talked this week about uh, about getting a chance, you know, maybe a little redemption coming back home and maybe making a few plays with Brevin Jordan out with the ankle injury. Jordan Akins was able to get on the field and get in. And uh, made a few catches today, including a touchdown catch. Uh, so I'm going to give a little stock up to Jordan Akins. I don't know if once Brevin Jordan comes back, if Akins is going to be able to find his way back into the mix. I think this was just a one-day practice squad call-up situation. But I was happy for him. O.J. Howard's become the invisible man since that first game. The best player today wasn't any of the guys we mentioned. The best player was punter Cam Johnston. Yes. He had, he had 48.4 gross, a 48.2 net, which is phenomenal. He had five he had uh, five punts in, that were uh, uh, caught inside the 20, and he didn't have any returned. He was phenomenal. And Kaimi Fairbairn had five touchbacks, and he kicked two. And he's got that streak going now, 63 in a row inside the 40 so yep. frank ross's special teams they they were they've been really good since the start of the season desmond king the second at 31 yard punt return to set up a touchdown unfortunately they are by far the best unit and if the other two units played like special teams they'd be unbeaten well and your guy graylin arnold got in and got a tackle on uh on punt return. yeah Yep. Yep. So no special teams has been good you know it's funny we'll get to the stock downs here in just a second clint and i uh, we're talking during the game. We watched the game together up here in the studio. Um, and it was after one of Cam John. It was after that Cam Johnston punt, John, that he, he, you know, he did that kind of backspin thing on, you know, that sort of pitching wedge yeah. thing where the ball bounced yeah. back and they, they down it at the five or the 10 or whatever it was. Clint said, chief, he said, chief, if they, if they just disbanded the Texans and let the rest of the league just draft off of the Texans roster right now, you know, you could you, let, just let him, he goes, how many players get picked before you think Cam Johnston gets picked? And we figured, like, you know what? Maybe this year there'd be more because you got rookies. You know, you got Stingley and Petrie and guys like that would get picked. Kenyon Green just on spec. But last year's team, where all the rookies were guys that were taken day two and day three of the draft, 
other than maybe Tunsil and Brandon Cooks, Cam Johnston might have been the next guy taken off of this team in that fictitious scenario. It's a reason it, uh, of all those free agents, Nick, Casario signed last year. Johnston was the only one to get a contract of more than two years. Yep, good point. All right, so those are our four stock up. John, there's plenty to choose from. The buffet flow. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply with over for stock down. What is your first stock down from today's loss to the Bears? The front seven that was awful against the run. The Bears had the most yards rushing since 1984 when Mike Ditka was head coach and he was on the sideline. It was, I was actually there for the all-time record for run yards allowed. I'll never forget the World Series was going on in 2005. Astros were playing the White Sox. Texans played a primetime game in Seattle, and I was the only one there for the Chronicle. So I had to just bang out two or three stories, and their run defense, they gave up 320 <laughs> yards, which helped the game be over quicker. Yeah. And uh, But I thought this one, the way they were going at halftime, they were a threat to shatter that record, and they blew it. Yeah. So I would say the front seven, which was pathetic against the run. Yeah, yeah, John. I'll, I'll you, you want you want a number? I've I've been spending the whole afternoon crunching numbers on this stuff. As you know, the Bears forty-one carries, two hundred eighty yards. Those are the numbers. Forty-one carries, two hundred eighty yards. So seven yards a carry. Um, they had a fifty-three-yard run by Khalil Herbert. They had the twenty-nine-yard scramble by Justin Fields early in the game. And then on the second series, they had the end around to Equinemius St. Brown for 42 or 43 yards, whatever it was. His was 52. 52. Well, 50, Herbert's, Herbert's was 52. Uh, uh, St. Brown's was I've – got, I've got the box score right here. St. Brown's carry was – 41, you're right. 40, yeah, I, was, I knew it was 40-something. So if you take out those three plays – let's pretend for a second. You take out those three plays – because those are long plays, you know, they're not typical. You take those out, and on the remaining 37 carries, the Texans still gave up 4.3 yards per carry. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a surprise. They're no. terrible. No, no. So, yeah, that front seven, that's a that's a good one. And, John, I don't know how that gets fixed. Like, I, don't, I mean, they're just – it. The teams are going to run. John, the, the Bears ran all over them, and they had a quarterback that went eight for 17 with two interceptions today. Like Justin Fields, take away Justin Fields' plays that he made with his legs, John. You've watched every game I've watched as a Texans media member. The worst games I can remember opposing quarterbacks playing, they were both at NRG Stadium. Rusty Smith in 2020 against a horrific – no, sorry, 2010. 2010 against that awful Texans defense, Kareem Jackson's rookie year. Titans, that was the Andre Johnson-Cortland Finnegan game. The final score of that game was 20 to nothing. Rusty Smith threw three interceptions to Glover Quinn in that game. That was one of the worst games I've ever seen. And then Kevin Hogan for the Browns, I want to say in 2017, Deshaun Watson's rookie year, he sailed a pick six to J. Joe. Kevin Hogan was awful. Those are the two worst quarterback opposing quarterback games that I can remember. This one, as far as just the passing part of it, 
was as bad as either of those. Justin Fields is a horrible, horrible passer of the football. And Johnny's the 11th pick in the draft. This is what scares me about the this is what scares me about the the area the Texans are veering quickly into here with Davis Mills not being the guy is that watching Justin Fields today is just a reminder of how inexact this whole thing is. He was the 11th pick in the draft. The Bears traded up to get him. Nobody batted an eye on draft night. They all thought, oh, the Bears got their next guy. What an aggressive move. This is great. John, he sucks. He's terrible, and he was the 11th pick in the draft. That's a scary thing to watch, and the fact that the Texans gave up 280 yards rushing to a team that had that at quarterback is inexcusable. I wonder how much is the coaching. They, they hired a coordinator from Green Bay who would not been a coordinate play caller. And uh, just like, uh, you know, Denver hiring a guy to come help Nathaniel Hackett. But I think – because I watched Phil's play at Ohio State, and I never thought, wow, this guy can't throw the ball. Yeah. Um, all right, John, my next one is – or my first stock down, I'm going to go Davis Mills. If it's not the running game, which you just took run defense, then it's um, it's Davis Mills. Uh, and Davis Mills was awful in the fourth quarter again today. He was seven of nine, but it was only for, I want to say 49 yards and 30 of that was a pass to Pharaoh Brown. Everything else was little check down dink and dunks. He's targeting Rex Burkhead. Brandon cooks was targeted seven times. Rex Burkhead was second with five targets. Like I, I don't know what's going on with this offense right now. So Davis Mills, fourth quarter, he had the two turnovers. He had the interception after the first Petrie that he threw after the first Petrie interception. Jalen Petrie gets them an interception in the first half. They drive down, get it down, goal to go, and Mills tries to squeeze the ball into Brandon Cooks, gets batted up in the air, gets picked off. And then the obviously the interception that set up the winning field goal was terrible. Um, the Texans got two turnovers today from Jalen Petrie and they turned it into zero points. Zero points off of those two turnovers. This is not a team, John, that can afford to come away with zero points off of opposing turnovers. By the way, turnovers that set you up with pretty good field position. It's not like they intercepted these balls in the shadows of their own goalposts. That second Petrie interception put them first and 10 at the Chicago 39-yard line with the score tied at 20. And they wind up, as you pointed out earlier, they wind up punting from the 48-yard line because they go backwards. They get sacked, and then a five-yard, negative five-yard play to Farrell Brown. Davis Mills doesn't look anything like the quarterback that we saw the last five games of last year. And this is going to turn into a season very quickly where Texan fans are just going to be rooting against the team so they can get in position to get a quarterback because this draft, unlike last year's draft, actually has a couple of guys. I think they're already doing it, and uh, and with good reason. My last one. Do we? Do I get another one? Yep, you do. You sure do. Pep Hamilton. Pep Hamilton is the play caller for the first time, and he was fired midway through his last season as a play caller in NFL, 2015 in Indianapolis. Uh, he coached Mills last year. He didn't call the plays, but he coached him, and he's coached him this year for the most part. But I just. I, uh, since Mills is not the same, Hamilton has got to accept some blame. And right now, that twosome has been very, very unimpressive. What did you think of the play calling on all these third and ones? They were John, they had four third and ones. They were 0 for 4 on third and 1 today. 0 for 4 on third and 1. And three of them, they passed the football. 
Uh, of course, the one third and one they had that they ran the football was the one down near the goal line that Damian Pierce got stuffed in the backfield for minus two yards. But what did you think of the play calling in short yardage situations today? When they handed the ball to Pierce, I had no problem, but they got stuffed. And But uh, when they threw that ball to Burkhead and they didn't have Pierce in, I thought that was terrible. People need to know. Pat Hamilton determines who's playing. Now, Lovey Smith can overrule him. I'm pretty sure after that first game when when uh, Burkhead got the ball 19 times as runner and receiver, Lovey probably said, okay, let's get him more to uh, Pierce. But right now, I just can't. I just – I don't understand the fascination with – with uh, Burkhead, I just don't. Somebody yeah. said, I think as John Lopez said, Casario must be making him. I said, nah, that's not what happens. He's not doing it. That's Pep doing it. And it's not working. Yeah, no, not at all. Not even one bit. All right, John, my last stock down. I'm going to go Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks was invisible for most of the day today. He was targeted seven times. He only had two catches. He had the 17-yard catch early in the game that I thought was a nice catch where he kind of bodied up and caught it in the middle of the field. And then he was silent for the rest of the day until he caught a little five-yard pass towards the end of the game. And unfortunately, for the second week in a row, I thought there was a play he should have made as the lead receiver on this team yes, that, would have set, that would have set the Texans up with uh, on the front porch for a potential score. And the ball went right through his hands. And I think the disturbing part of that is there was a guy bearing down on him. It looked like he kind of alligator-armed it a little bit. He took a hit anyways on that play, you know. Um, but we know that in the Denver game last week, he he should have caught that ball down near the goal line that would have been, in all likelihood, a touchdown. At the very least, it would have put them on the one-yard line. Um, and then today, look, man, you're, you're getting paid a lot of money. They traded a second-round pick for you. You get hailed as this locker room leader for a lot of reasons. One of them is you're one of the few playmakers on this team, and you got a young quarterback who's trying to make his way in the league here. You got to make plays like that, man. I, if the ball's hitting your hands and you're Brandon Cooks, you got to come down with the football. And this is two weeks in a row that have been crucial, pivotal plays. And I say that because I feel like, John, with this offense, any opportunity to get a chunk play or a scoring play is a crucial, critical play because they just don't get in position to do it enough. They had, I, they had, they, they went three and out on their first drive. And um, Andrew Catalan said, well, that's the eighth time in 26 drives this season for the Texans. They've gone three and out. I'm like, oh, my God. A th basically a third of the time they go three and out. That's ridiculous. But Brandon Cooks, I say all this to say Brandon Cooks is my other stock down. Tell you something I'd like to see, Sean. And that? they're not utilizing Nico Collins. Collins mm -hmm. had, had two catches, but he averaged 20 yards per catch. I, let's see, no, that's Chris Moore. I'm trying. I know he had two catches and he had good yardage, and I'd like to see them get the ball to him more. But right now, it looks like when Mills is looking down the field, guys are covered, so he's checking, going to the check down, which is a waste. And I guess they're afraid of interceptions. I know uh, Lovey Smith and Pep Hamilton told him, don't be afraid to check it down. Well, the problem is you're checking it down to Rex bleeping Burkhead, and he's not going to do anything with it. Yep, no doubt. John, it's funny. Um, you know, it, it's it's weird because I, I think we all know where the Texans are right now. And I think you're right. I think there's there were a lot of people rooting for them to lose games last year so they could get a quarterback. I think people quickly found out, like, okay, maybe there aren't great quarterbacks in this class. This class does have really good quarterbacks, led by Bryce Young of Alabama and C.J. Stroud of Ohio State. I know the Bears won the game today, 
Um, they're two and one now on the season. The Bears somehow with Justin Fields as their quarterback, they're two and one. I would feel better as a Texan fan right now than I would as a Bears fan, <laughs> which sounds weird to say. But the Texans kind of know the deal, and I think they're they're going to be much more willing to punt on Davis Mills than the Bears are going to be because of what they've got invested in Justin Fields. Like if I'm if I'm a Bears fan, I'm a little nervous right now. Like, okay, this guy's never going to be the guy. But we traded a first-round pick to move up to 11 to get him, and this team might ride with him for not just this year, but maybe another year after this, and I don't know that he's ever going to be good. Did the Bears' current regime draft him last year, or do they have a new GM? Going they have a new GM, place? Ryan Poles, from uh, okay, Kansas well, City. Well, Ryan Poles didn't draft him, and neither did Matt Eberflus. Exactly. And you know, based on what they're seeing right now, yeah. they're not impressed. But what an embarrassment for the organization would it be if they were back in the market for another quarterback? And they're going to fool around, win too many games. But it's amazing when you can't take advantage of a performance like Phil's made as a passer. And what I don't understand about the run defense, it's been terrible three years in a row. You've changed coaches. You've had two of the best defensive coordinators ever, Romeo Cornell and Lovey Smith. They've changed coaches. They've changed players. And they're still pathetic. And, John, the offensive line, too. Like the offensive line – and the offensive line was better today protecting Mills. Mills only got sacked that one time. And I think Troy Hairston was a big part of that. He, you know, for trying to pick up a blitz, he did a horrible job. One of the two guys that got to Mills was his responsibility. So the offensive line is is pass protecting better, but they were okay in pass protection last year. John, they still didn't run the football today. I know Damian Pierce had 20 carries for 80 yards, but they still averaged as a team 3.8 yards per carry against one of the worst run defenses in football. Well, that's because they let they let Burkhead carry it, and, and if they had stuck, say they given Mills, if they'd given him five more carries, that would have been another twenty yards. Pierce, you're saying, yeah, I'm, yeah, Pierce. I'm sorry, and they're not running it enough. Yeah, um, so that's the story there, John. The Chargers are going to. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Come to town. So let's, let's segue here just for a few minutes and go over the most significant things that happened today in the NFL. Uh, this Sunday afternoon. And I would say the most significant thing from a Texans perspective is that their next two opponents played each other and the worst possible outcome happened. The Chargers who come in next week got blown out by the Jags, 38 to 10. Now the only silver lining might be, okay, the the reason they got blown out was because Justin Herbert wasn't hundred percent. Then that might actually play into the Texans favor next week. If we're hoping the Texans win that game, they beat the Chargers last year. But I think just on paper, the Chargers are going to come in angry because they have Super Bowl aspirations this year. They're one and two right now. They need to win that game, and they got embarrassed at home by the Jags. It may turn out, John, that the Jags are actually a good football team. Maybe Urban Meyer was that bad a head coach, and Doug Peterson, and a year's worth of experience for Trevor Lawrence makes that big a difference. 
Well, they also been loading up on talent like crazy, like they did before, but they never can keep players there once they get good and they want big money and then they want out of there. They scored 38 points. That's more than any team in the NFL scored this weekend. And uh, they beat them by 28. And even though Herbert was terrible because of that rib injury, he didn't play defense and they scored 38. Lawrence for the second game in a row looked like generational quarterback was it like he's supposed to be last year when they draft? And that's another thing. Jacksonville finishing bad at just the right time. Yeah. Like the Colts finishing bad at just the right time. So Nick Casario, if he's not, he's going to end up, if he doesn't get the first pick, he's going to have to do some serious trade trading with those two first round picks and those other draft choices mm. to get a quarterback that he and Lovey Smith believe in the franchise. Mm, man, that hurts. It, it would really hurt if you had to use multiple first round picks to go get the quarterback, you know, um, you know, because it, <laughs> you make the Deshaun Watson trades, you can totally fortify the foundation of your roster. And if you got to, bundle first round picks because you got to move up seven spots or something to get a quarterback um that's going to hurt um john the other game in the division that had a i think an outcome that had a lot of people raising their eyebrows was the indianapolis colts who've looked horrible the first two weeks we know the tie against the texans in week one and then the shutout loss to the jags which may be a little less embarrassing i guess now that we saw the jags this week Uh, but the colts get their first win of the season 20 to 17 they beat the kansas city chiefs at home uh, in Indianapolis today, uh, this was a this was a big win. I, I don't want to exaggerate it, but look, the Colts go 0-2 and one to start the season. My guess is the numbers work very heavily against teams that I know that start out 0-3. The Texans in 2018 are the only ones that have made the playoffs over the last several years. Um, so this was a this was a fish the season out of the fire game. I think for Frank Reich today, especially given who the opponent is, Andy Reid and the Chiefs. Their defense played really, really well. It's amazing. The Chiefs and the Bills, who last week were clearly the best teams in the league, both lose today. And Miami looks to be, along with Philadelphia, as the best teams. And the thing about Indy, they started the first two games on the road. They thought they'd beat Houston and Jacksonville. And anybody in their right mind would have thought they'd lost at home to Mahomes and the, and the Chiefs, but they didn't. And that shows that what they're at least capable of. But right now, in the last two games, the Jaguars have outscored their opponents 58 to 10. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's wild. It's absolutely crazy. So um, so there was that. They've got the Colts winning in the division, and then the Titans get their first win of the year. So this AFC South thing today, John, went the worst possible scenario. If they did flip the other way, if it went bizarro results and the Texans win and the other three lose, Texans are in first place right now. The Titans actually get a win today as well, so they're now off the schneid. <laughs> they they beat the Raiders 24-22. to 22. So now the Texans are the only winless team in the division. Uh, the Titans won 20 carries, 85 yards for Derrick Henry and a touchdown. So on paper, not a horrible game, but this is two games in a row where they're feeding him the ball 20 plus times a game, but he's not really getting out of first gear. Well, actually week one, he had the 20 some odd carries for 80 yards last week. He was terrible against Buffalo. Derrick Henry still having trouble getting on track, John. If they're not getting games that are 130, 140 yards out of Derrick Henry on a somewhat regular basis, um, the Titans aren't making the playoffs this year. Ryan Tannehill played a really good game. It's his first one since some point last year. And uh, he completed a high percentage. I'm not sure 
touchdowns he did, but he looked better and people up there have got to breathe a sigh of relief for him to at least show he's still capable of doing it. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill on the day today, to your point, 19 of 27, 264 yards though. So almost 10 yards per attempt uh, he had today. So classic Ryan Tannehill game, not a ton of attempts, 27 attempts, but when the running game is clicking at least enough to run play action, he's able to, to hit some passes down the field. Robert Woods, uh, was the big beneficiary of that. Robert Woods, four catches for 85 yards for the Tennessee Titans. So that's what went on in the AFC South. John, as far as other big games on the schedule, um, you mentioned it. The Dolphins beat the Bills today. 21-19 to 19 was the final score. I think probably a lower-scoring game than a lot of people expected, especially considering the cluster of injuries that the Bills have in their secondary right now. They're missing both of their safeties, Micah Hyde and uh, Poyer, uh, Jordan Poyer. Uh, and then they're missing cornerbacks too, including Tredavious White. But 21 to 19, the final score of that game. So just as we all drew it up on the chalkboard, John, before the season, three weeks into the season, the Miami Dolphins are in first place in the AFC East, and the Bills are in second. Bills are the favorite to win the Super Bowl at the beginning of this week. Now they're second place in their own division after losing to the Dolphins today. And Tua Tagovailoa got a concussion and went out and then came back in and played. Mm, yeah. And NFLPA is investigating that to see if there was any pressure on him to play with that concussion. Because usually guys go out and they go in the locker room. They don't come back maybe the next week or the week after. You know, that game, Buffalo's running game was awful. And Buffalo scored only 19 points. And they're an offensive team. And they had won all their games by double figures. I, you know, holding Miami as hot as that offense is, 21 points, you ought to be able to win that game. I think Josh Allen and the uh, and his on his side of the ball, those are the varmints in that defeat. Uh, 400. Allen had 400 yards passing and two touchdowns, no interceptions, but he took four sacks on the day. And to your point, he was their leading ground gainer with 47 yards. None of the running backs. And Zach Moss put up some some decent numbers, but it was all on one. It looks like it was all on one really long run. So play to play, you're absolutely right. They couldn't get anything going in the conventional run game. The other big game, John, just ended uh, moments ago from you and I recording. We're recording this on Sunday night, and it was the um, the battle of the two uh, the battle of the two future Hall of Famers. Again, a much lower scoring game than I think at least the name value of the quarterbacks would dictate. Although these are both quarterbacks who've had a bit of a struggle coming out of the gate this season. But Aaron Rodgers and the Packers beat Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. 14 to 12, uh, the Buccaneers trying a, a game, what would have been a game tying two point conversion with uh, under a minute to go in the game. They don't get it. And the Packers go on to win that game um, 14 to 12. Uh, I have not looked yet, John, to see how many tablets Tom Brady broke in this game today, but 12 points. That is probably another tablet breaking performance for the GOAT. When you're lined up at the two for a two point conversion to tie and you get a five yard penalty. Yep. And then you throw into coverage, the pass is tipped. I'm guessing he's going to throw at least one, maybe two. But right now, that's amazing. Those two quarterbacks, and it was a defensive struggle, but it did go right down to the very end. No doubt. All right, John, one more. You brought it up. The Eagles are 3-0 and to start the season. 24-8, they beat the uh, they beat the Commanders. So the Eagles now 3-0. and You know what's interesting about that? The Dolphins and the Eagles – Dolphins are 3-0, and Eagles are 3-0. and What I find interesting with that is the two quarterbacks of each of those teams, they were teammates at Alabama. Jalen Hurts got knocked out of the national championship game back in whatever year it was, 2017, 2018, something like that. And Tua Tungavailoa comes in for him and winds up throwing the game-winning touchdown pass 
in the uh, national championship game. So Nick Saban's two quarterbacks from one of his national championships teams, Jalen Hurts and Tua Tungavailoa, are the two quarterbacks for, I would say, from a success standpoint, maybe the two biggest stories of the season so far, um, the Dolphins and the Eagles, which bodes well. Uh, because then I look at it and I go, okay, well, let's draft Bryce Young then. Let's keep this Alabama thing moving. What I find interesting about that is that Miami wanted Deshaun Watson, tried to get him, put an offer out there. Yeah. Philadelphia tried to get him, and Watson rejected using his no-trade clause going to Philadelphia. So both those teams, the Eagles wanted Watson over Jalen Hurts, who threw three touchdown passes. No interceptions, 340 yards against Washington. And then Tua Tungvaluwa, of course, he's the hottest quarterback in the league, and uh, and he wasn't wanted either. Funny how that works out, isn't it? It, it is funny how it works out, John. They uh, they have, uh, as you mentioned, Hurts with three touchdown passes. Tua had six touchdown passes last week, and both of them, 24 fewer civil lawsuits than Deshaun Watson as well. <laughs> so there's that. All right, John. So we, uh, so we are done. That's a little run through week three of the NFL. Um, any, uh, any sort of summary here as we kind of close things out on what was a pretty depressing day to be a Texan fan. I don't know about you, but I feel really stupid picking the Texans to win six games <laughs> yes. when the over-under was four and a half. And I thought, sure, that Mills would play well and Pierce would run well and the offense would be better. And right now, I don't know if they're going to win a game. Well, John, prepare because I've already looked in our mailbag. And by the way, let's mention that you can email us, mailbag at gmail.com. We do our mailbag episode every, we record it on Tuesday. It drops on Wednesday. So email your questions in. Uh, but I've already checked and there's already multiple emails of people saying, find me six wins on this schedule. Uh, so we'll have to go through that exercise. We'll talk that one through a little later on this week, John, when we do our mailbag, but H O U mailbag at gmail.com. John, what do you got going on that you want to promote out there? What columns you got going up? You got your report card going up sometime soon. My report card has been up on uh, SportsRadio610.com for about two hours. It's not pretty. Gave my first F minuses of the season. And then uh, gallerysports.com, I wrote about the continued regression of Davis Mills. Okay. Well, there you go. Those are two big topics. And it's, I don't know if the F minus and that Davis Mills topic go hand in hand, but I'm not going to have you reveal it, John. That's called a tease. We're going to make people go find your report card on sportsradio610.com if they want to see who got the F minuses uh, for the game today. So, again, the final score 23 to 20, the Texans lose to the bears uh john and i'll be back with another episode this wednesday it'll drop we'll do a mailbag again hou mailbag at gmail.com to send in your uh, texans or nfl or just general questions we like mixing it up when we do the mailbag episode so hou mailbag at gmail.com figgy fig we thank you for producing and getting this thing out to everybody on the heels of another texans game john i appreciate the time with you as always sean thank you very much all right, there it is. That's John McClain, the Hall of Famer. I'm Sean Pendergast, and we are out of time. Until next time, we'll see you this week uh, on Wednesday for the Mailbag episode. It's the Utopia Football Podcast. Have a great week, everybody.